0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Definitely got to get a little stronger. I definitely know that's a kind of a weak part of my game. I try to get, gain a couple pounds of muscle. Uh, uh, just trying to play through contact. And, Line myself to to get yards I can catch, but like that's the biggest biggest things I can improve on. I agree with that. That's Chris Olave talking about kind of the goals he has for year two, after going over a thousand yards, he was only the second Saints rookie to do that, and so I think there's some interesting questions to be asked about Chris Olave. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller, and you know one of the things and we talked about this, you know, after Chris's interview the other day is when we talked to Chris in the preseason some of the questions were is he big enough to succeed at the nfl level is he strong enough is he is he heavy enough you know and at the time he was asked do you do you think you need to get bigger do you think you need to get stronger and he said no he said he was comfortable with the weight he was at and he felt like he could succeed in that area and you know when you know it fast forward to after week 18 and the first thing out of his mouth When asked, what are your goals for next year? And what are your goals for this offseason is to get stronger and to gain a couple pounds of muscle. And, you know, I think that's something that he's been told. Right. And he's experienced. And now he understands is it's not easy to play wide receiver in the NFL. And you got to be you got to be strong. You got to fight a lot more than you did in college. And yeah I think that's that's going to be the a question is how can he kind of transform his body a little bit to to hold up because I don't think he was able to in in some key moments this year.
2: I love Olave, love the pick still for this team. It was obviously a huge need going into the year and I do think he's a number one that we've seen some of the finesse but we definitely need to see more physical incorporated into the game for next season to to just make him a more rounded and and like that physical type of wide out. He's not the biggest guy, obviously, but I I think, you know, he he recognized too, after 15 games in the pros, he needs to gain a little to be able to to handle these DBs and maybe to also help him be able to secure balls a little bit better. The the fumble in the in the finale really was one that that hurt. Uh, And and I think that he, he had some drops obviously during the season but man to me that fumble in that game was just a, a huge low note to go out on unfortunately for him
0: you know last night I said look he had a, he had a, he had a good rookie year but there's still a lot of things that he can improve on and and, and get better at and uh, you know being able to play this game bigger stronger um, you know one of the elements that I don't think we had uh, as, as, as much as we needed this year was a, a, a contested ball catcher you know um, and so um, I think when you get in some of these tough you know third down situations gotta have it you know the guy that man I'm gonna make the contested catch uh, I think that's important
1: yeah and so that's Dennis Allen talking about Alave and I think that's that's the key to this question of is Chris Olave a wide receiver one? You know, and, and kind of, and you can say wide receiver one, you can say just X, right? You need an X in the offense. And that's the guy who's going to play on an island. He's not going to be running a lot of combination routes. He's going to be the guy who, you know, is going to get single covered and you're going to have to find him and he's going to have to beat a guy. And, you know, I think at times you saw a receiver who was really good at getting open. But what happens when you're not able to create five yards of separation and you have to just. Fend off a defender. And I just, I think that's where he struggled, right? Like he caught 1,042 yards receiving this year. That's the second most for a rookie in Saints franchise history. But the numbers aren't as great as that sounds, right? He had 119 targets. He caught 72 of them. That's about 60%. That's pretty low for you know, a go-to wide receiver, right? Mike Thomas has always been the opposite end of that spectrum where you're talking about like 90% completions. And that's not where you want it to be for your kind of go-to big moment receiver, right? He also had seven drops. We saw two of those in week 18. You saw that catch that was overturned to to a drop against the 49ers. You saw that fumble in week two when he was going to the ground and lost the ball. That's the same thing that happened to him against the 49ers and in this game it was again a situation where you made a nice catch you got downfield and as he's going to the ground the ball gets knocked out and you can do a whole lot of great things in your rookie season you can do a whole lot of great things in the NFL turning the ball over in that circumstance is gonna erase a lot of it and obviously this game didn't really matter in terms of the playoffs but but there was a scenario where it did Right. Like all it would have taken was the Panthers not blowing an 11 point lead to the Bucks in week 17. And suddenly this is a game for the division, at least for the Panthers, like the Saints would have still needed help from the from the Falcons. And if that had been the case and you had fumbled right there, you would have effectively lost your team a chance. To go to the postseason, right? Because of how you you were not able to execute, and so those are the things that you really need him to improve on. Because you like you don't have to be a possession receiver, you don't have to be a contested catch receiver, but you can't turn the ball over. And so you do need to get tougher, and you do need to find out how to take contact and go to the ground and be able to survive it. Because he just hasn't been able to do that, and that is the one thing that I, I watch from him, and I get really frustrated about. Is you're a professional catcher of footballs. But that includes falling to the ground and holding on to it. And uh, yeah, that, those are inexcusable mistakes in my opinion. Like you said, going to the ground and maintaining
2: possession, please. Uh, that would definitely seem to be an unfortunate issue. I will say with Olave, obviously thrown into that number one role a little bit earlier than anticipated, obviously. But hey, that that's why you're one of the top picks in the NFL draft. So a lot is expected uh, of you too because of your draft status and for the most part to see, I, I would give him probably around a B minus ending up with for the, for the year kind of thing, if you want to put a grade on it. I know that's pretty ridiculous too to think, you know, after that rookie season, that would be that low. But to me, the way the, the year ended was really unfortunate. I I, I kind of was disappointed with that performance in the finale.
1: Yeah, I'd go with a B in that range. I think that's fair. Um, it definitely wasn't an A. I think he had A games. Right. Like he had he had moments where you were like, wow, you know, this kid can is really something special. But he disappeared too many times. Like he had four catches on the opening drive against the Eagles. He didn't catch another pass in that game. Now, if this was a game where you had Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry and all these guys out there and then it was like, OK, yeah, they went somewhere else. That's not what happened. You were just were unable to make an impact the rest of that game in a game where all you had was you, Rashid, Shahid, Jawan Johnson. Like that, that you have to be a part of the offense.
2: But then there, there was something you said early on, and it always stuck in my head, it seemed like, during games, it's like, Chris Olave is always open.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he is. He, he, It was easier for him to get open when there were other guys that were drawing attention, right? And
2: Yeah, for sure. But still, I mean, he seemed to always get, he's he's always in the, in the right place or going to make that adjustment.
1: Yeah, I do think that he he he, won't, he wouldn't admit. I asked him about this, and he wouldn't cop to it, but... I do think that he hit a rookie wall at some point in this season and that's understandable, right? Like one of the big differences coming out of college is you go from a 12 game season to a 17 game season and he kind of said like yeah, I went to Ohio State, we're used to this, you know. And to be fair, you know when you're playing in the college football playoff, you are playing this late in the year. So technically speaking, you do have games at this time but you also get a month off in between them right like so I just think from a mental standpoint I think it's really easy to hit a wall and I don't know if you watch that game and you 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 didn't know anything about else about Alave and Andy Dole and you'd be like this must be the first game these guys have played together because they don't look like they understand what each other is doing at all you know I think Alave was just a little unfocused and I don't think that it worked in his favor. And that's fine, right? Like I don't need him to admit to that. If you can kind of see it, and so that's something that you think, okay, you know, and I, you you have this off season to figure those things out and to get a little stronger. The other area that and he and he said this himself, he needs to work on is is yak. I mean, I I don't know if I've ever seen a receiver catch more passes and have less yardage after the catch than Chris Olave. And, and that includes about a 14-yard run after the catch for a touchdown in this game and then another catch and run that came prior to the fumble, right? So he actually had a decent amount of yak in this game. Still, he averaged 2.9 yards after catch per reception. This is a guy who was number 18 in the NFL in yardage and number 92 in, in yardage after catch per reception. So like... Something doesn't compute there, whether it's getting him the ball in certain situations, whether it's him understanding how to receive the ball and turn up field. He's a smaller guy. Maybe he's just kind of has it ingrained in his in his mind that he's like, I can't take huge hits, so I'm going to go down. You know, I don't know what it is, but that's something that you need to improve on because your number one receiver can't be a guy who catches the ball and goes down right where he is. You know what I mean? Like that's not wide receiver one. For example, and this is kind of unfair because of the way he plays, Rashid Chahid had 25 catches. He has 176 yards of yak. Chris Olave has 72 catches, and he has like 204 yards of yak, right? Like, Rashid Chahid is averaging 6.8 yards after catch per reception. Chris Olave, who I would argue has this very similar skill set, is averaging 2.9. So that's something that's got to change, but that's why – this is the season, this is the off season where you want to see a leap into year two. You cannot see him regress in these situations because this is the point in your career where you have your first chance of like, you have a year's worth of tape you have a year's worth of identifying what you don't do well and what you need to improve on. And then you have an entire six month period where all you can do is, is work on those things and get better at those things. And so this is what he needs to do right now. And if he can do that then i think he can come back and be a wide receiver one but he is not that right now i'm very curious to see how much bulk
2: we're going to see coming back for next year from olave what 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 exactly this specimen's going to come in all chiseled and focused looking like i don't think you can get to that michael thomas kind of body with him but i don't i don't know how much either you want to put on to not lose any of that speed factor either but i, I don't think that's too much of a worry he's he's what one 180 190 right now and definitely could get into the I don't know 220 range and I wouldn't wouldn't be no. too much of an issue no I'm just saying you could get up to that I'm not
1: saying he's gonna be overnight no way he's not going to 220 you don't want him to be 220 you want because like he, he needs to be in the Justin Jefferson range right he needs to be in that type of frame which is about 200 pounds right I want to see him get between 190 and 200 and you don't, you don't gain it all. You know, it's not like you're just going eating Frosties, right? Like you got to find ways to, to put it on in the right way and make it functional weight. And that's, what, that's what's going to be a struggle for him is he's played his career to this point at a certain weight. And now you're trying to bulk up a little bit but not lose the ability that makes you special but in terms of the agility, the acceleration, you know. And so that's the tough part. But I think kind of coming full circle on this, I was glad to hear him say that because when he said prior to the season that he did not feel like he needed to work on his his size or his strength at all and he was gonna be fine, that kind of was a red flag for me because that's like, I don't mind that you're a little undersized at wide receiver to start your career, but you need to be aware of that and work on it. And so I don't know if that's something that changed for him throughout the year. Maybe he just wasn't quite sure what to say at that moment. It was one of his first interviews in the NFL. He wanted to sound confident, I don't know.
2: Yeah, sure. It's like, I don't need to change anything about myself, you know?
1: Right, right. If anyone says that to you ever, it's a red flag. Everyone has stuff they should work on, <laughs> whether it's mental or physical. No, but yeah, like
2: he, he, he acknowledged it, like you said, right away. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I went through the rigors of the season and I see, you know what? Next year, I'm, I'm going to come back a little more defined and ready to take on some of these DBs a little bit better.
1: He also, and this is kind of a weird stat and you can't put it on him. But he was the target on five of the Saints' fourteen interceptions this season. Just kind of crazy when you think about it. I, the only one I can recall vividly is the interception in the end zone against the Bucks. Jamel Dean kind of undercut him and, and took that one. I think he was also the target on the interception against the Eagles late in the first half. I'm pretty sure that was him. But yeah, I don't. And I don't know if that's if that's a product of him not fighting for the ball well enough or you know just bad throws it's tough to say but you know when you have the head coach coming out and saying I think one of the big issues this year was that we didn't have a contested catch receiver and your top target is the guy who was the target on more than a third of your interceptions I think those two things kind of go hand in hand of like you need a guy who can go up and get a ball and I don't think that Chris Olave is ever necessarily going to be that guy and so I wouldn't be surprised if you do spend some money to bring somebody in that's not Jarvis Landry. I don't think you're going to do that again. I think you're going to move on from Michael Thomas. But you know, maybe there is a big body possession receiver you bring in this off season. And that's going to be something we can talk about in later podcasts once the free agent pool kind of gets clearer. But I think that's going to be something you have to take a hard look at. Because while I do think that you have really positive things to work from and build on with Rashid Shahid and Chris Alave, they are two very specific type of receivers and they are not smash mouth, you know, take a hit and, and, and work off of it receivers. Between the two of them, they broke two tackles and they both belong to Chris Alave. So... Which I don't know if that's that seems unfair to me because I'm pretty sure I've seen Rashid Jahid run through tackles. But either way,
2: also obviously with the in the receiving numbers, uh, Jawan Johnson, another positive progressive year for him uh, was definitely that was a guy in the in the finale I thought was underutilized and could have been more of a factor against the Panthers. But that's here no there. Unfortunately, didn't see really much improvement from a guy like. Traquan Smith and let's uh Adam Troutman and the the idea the idea of bringing in a guy like Jarvis Landry was beautiful unfortunately his body just you know wouldn't let him continue this season and I think that was one of the big knocks on why the Browns were willing to let him go
1: well he also wanted 20 million a year prior to that so
2: yeah but and just was that a point where his
1: you know things are just failing him now No, but I think like the idea was correct in terms of what the Saints wanted to do, right? Like you had Michael Thomas coming back and then you were like, okay, we'll hedge our bets and and bring in Jarvis Landry, who's going to be able to do a lot of the same things if Mike isn't able to go. And unfortunately, neither of those guys was able to contribute much throughout the season. So I don't know, but
2: they got hurt in the same game, which is freaking nuts.
1: Yeah, and it, and it's like you want to blame the turf that neither of those injuries happened on the Saints turf. So it can't be the Saints turf for these guys. But both Liz Frank injuries to the offensive lineman did come in the Superdome. That was week 15 against the Falcons and week 18 against the Panthers. But Taysom Hill's Liz Frank injury was on the road against the Falcons last year. So, you know, there, it, 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 injuries happen. There's only so much you can do. Well, still still a turf field though, right? Yeah, but I mean, if you want to blame like specific turf, which I think that there there are different types of turf, different types of field turf. Yeah, you know, I don't think that it's a coincidence. Uh, Remember the playoff game against the Eagles a few years back? I think you had Sheldon Rankins, and I forget his name from the Eagles. They both went down with torn Achilles in like within like seven plays of each other, and the the Eagles were complaining about the Saints' turf at that point. And I don't know if it's fair, but. You know, it's it's definitely not just the Saints thing. Like, there's this like like the the hatred of field turf goes beyond the Saints. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's kind of a reckoning, and so and the, and the NFLPA ha, has to step in and be like, no, we need to find out, find another surface that's not as as damaging to players. Because like Jameis's knee, for example, I don't know if his knee injury happens the way it did on a grass field because the the injury is compression and then. On a grass field, the grass would give give away, right? You would have a divot, and the cleats would like tear the grass out of the ground. That's not going to happen on field turf. So when you have a cleat caught, it's not going to tear. It's not going to go away. It's just going to stick, and that's when you know you have that compression and you tear your knee. And Sean said this at the time, like Sean was open about how much he hates field turf, but then he would have him practice indoors every day. So. But all right, let's wrap that up. and We're going to come back and we're going to talk about playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Yes, playoffs, where the Saints are not. But we're gonna talk about it anyway because I'm excited to watch it. What else are we gonna do? It's the weekend, and uh, there's no football on other than that football. So we're gonna talk about it. Stick around inside Black and Gold.